Welcome to Broadway Radio's Review Recap episode for the first ever Broadway revival of August Wilson's The Piano Lesson. My name is Matt Tamanini. If you are listening to this in Patreon, it is a standalone episode in your feed. And if you are listening to this in the regular feed, welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 14th, 2022. The Piano Lesson had its world premiere in 1987 at Yale Rep and came to Broadway three years later, running from April 1990 until January of 1991 at the Walter Kerr Theater. That production earned five Tony nominations, including for Best Play and Performance nominations for stage and screen luminaries Charles S. Dutton, Rocky Carroll, and S. Apatha Merkerson. Though it didn't take home any Tonys, it did win the Pulitzer Prize for Drama in 1990. The show is described thusly. A battle is brewing in the Charles household. At the center lies the family's prized heirloom piano. On one side, a brother plans to build the family fortune by selling it. On the other, a sister will go to any length to keep it and preserve the family history. Only their uncle stands in between. But even he can't hold back the ghosts of the past. Those ghosts are both literal and figurative in this show. This revival is scheduled to play the Ethel Barrymore Theater through January 15th and boasts an incredible slate of talent highlighted by Danielle Brooks, John David Washington, Ray Fisher, April Mathis, Michael Potts, and Samuel L. Jackson, who made his Broadway debut as an understudy in the play's original production after originating the role of Willie Boy at Yale Rep. Jackson's wife, Latanya Richardson Jackson, is making her Broadway directorial debut with the show, having made her Broadway acting debut in the 2009 revival of August Wilson's Joe Turner's Come and Gone. The Piano Lesson, which is set in the 1930s, was the fifth show written in Wilson's American Century Cycle, or the Pittsburgh Cycle, whichever one you prefer. In 2020, nearly in conjunction with the announcement of this revival, Denzel Washington announced that the show, with mainly the Broadway cast, would be the next of Wilson's works that he would produce a film adaptation of for Netflix. There hasn't been much of any word about that since, but perhaps... After the revival gets going, we'll hear more. Who knows, maybe this will be one that they actually film on stage from the Barrymore, and that'll be what ends up on Netflix. Anyway, as of recording time, review aggregator site Did They Like It has collected 14 reviews. 10 were graded as positive, 4 were mixed, and if you were scoring at home, that means none of them were negative. Starting first with the mixed review from the New York Times as Maya Phillips, who wrote, quote, Wilson's usual signatures are here, including the somber subject matter related to black disenfranchisement, prejudice, history, and trauma, paired with witty, casual dialogue and flights into the surreal. Wilson makes poetry out of the mundane minutia of daily African-American life without forgetting how the past is present, alive, and immediate, like the melody of a song played by piano that seems to have sprung to life. And yet, even among Wilson's outstanding and occasionally surreal plays, The Piano Lesson, both a family drama and a ghost story, stands out as one of the odder ones. It's a mix of themes and tones, both concrete and ethereal, ghoulish and comedic. But the imbalanced direction here by Latanya Richardson Jackson overemphasizes the horror too literally. It works best on a metaphorical level. The performances are, in almost every case, engaging. Michael Potts is perfection as Doker's brother. Doker is the character played by Samuel L. Jackson. As the surviving Charles brothers, Potts and Jackson have a breezy rapport. April Mathis makes a brief, though memorable, appearance as a minor character with some big city attitude. 
As the simpleton lineman, Fisher occasionally goes too hokey, especially when it comes to his southern draw, but is endearing nonetheless with his dopey physicality and witless expressions. Washington, in a revelatory stage debut, is a blaze of energy lighting every scene he's in. Brooks isn't as radiant a presence as in her other film and television and stage outings. Though she has a few standout moments, she, like her character, too often fades into the background, overshadowed by the extensive history and myths in the play. Brittany Samuel of Broadway News was positive, writing, quote, While Wilson's plays are a pleasure to read, they come across as torturous to act. The scribe made maestros out of his male characters, less so from his female ones, unfortunately, ordering them to journey quickly between humor and grief, passion and strife, all in a single scene. For a show with eight characters, it is remarkable how many times, and for how long, only one person is speaking. Richardson Jackson accounts for this by splitting the performances into two subsets, one of acting and one of reacting. The production runs nearly three hours, so when the audience's inevitable moment of exhaustion hits, my advice is to pivot attention to what other characters are doing in their silence. It helps that most of these actors have danced with a black bard before. Greg Evans of Deadline was positive, writing, quote, There's abundant magic still in the piano lesson. In the new beautifully performed production, first-time Broadway director Latanya Richardson-Jackson unveils a great deal of that magic, and not always in the places you'd expect. Yes, there are the flashes of the supernatural visitations and omens that the playwright mined from blues mythology and African-American folklore, but the magic Jackson conjures from her cast is one of the most impressive displays currently on Broadway. And finally, we'll wrap up with Charles Isherwood of the Wall Street Journal, who wrote, quote, It is certainly pleasurable, at times exhilarating, to watch the cast delve into the burning, bruising depths of the piano lesson. But we do not continuously feel the gripping emotional engagement that characterizes the very finest productions of Wilson's work. If you would like to read more of these and other reviews, we will have links to both the Did They Like It and Broadway World Review recaps in the show notes. So that is all that we have for you. If you're listening to this in Patreon, have a wonderful Friday and weekend. And if you are listening to this in the regular feed, I will send you over to the rest of Today on Broadway. Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. By the time you are hearing this, there is already a special episode in your podcast feed, whether it is on Patreon or in the regular feed. It is an interview that I did with Jahay Park, who is the playwright behind Peerless, which is running at 59 East 59th from primary stages through November 6th. The show is a, a kind of a modern spin on Macbeth in which two Asian-American siblings, twin sisters, uh, are trying to get into the college of their dreams. And when someone else gets in their way, they do what very nice Macbeths do. Uh, and there is some murder involved. But I had a great conversation with Jahe about the show, about how she came to write it, about why... Macbeth is something that she both wanted to work on and then like avoided like the plague while she was writing it. So it was a mm. really, really great conversation. I really enjoyed it. So check that out in the podcast feed. Of course, we will also have a link in the show notes for that episode of where you can get tickets to see the show. We will uh, also 
have an interview with Doug McGrath, whose one-person show is currently running at the Daryl Roth 2 or DR2 Theater. This is the one that we talked about before that was directed by John Lithgow. So we talk all about Doug's collaboration with John on this, someone who he'd never really met or known before. Mm. Uh, and even though the fact that he's like an Academy Award nominated screenwriter and, and all of those things, um, it was kind of an interesting way about how they got hooked up together and then how they ended up working with Daryl Roth on this as well. So great conversation. Right. That'll be coming up on Friday. So make sure that you are tuned in to Broadway Radio on all of the platforms all weekend long and then, of course on Sunday for this week on Broadway. All right, let's get into the news. And first, a story that made me very, very happy. The great and the good Titanic is extending its off-Broadway <laughs> yes. run and moving to a larger theater. So it is currently yeah. playing at the Asylum Theater, which is, I, I, I think it's the old UCB theater. And mm-hmm. it's kind of used as like a performance space and a comedy club and all that stuff. Um, it will run there as it has been previously planned through November 13th. But then, speaking of the like bazillion time Tony Winner, I think 13 time Tony Winner, Daryl Roth, it'll be moving to the Daryl Roth Theater on East 15th Street beginning on November 20th for a limited engagement through February 19th of 2023. The show uh, is co-written by Ty Blue, Marla Mandel, and Constantine Rasuli. Mandel and Rasuli are in the show, and Ty Blue directs it. The current cast of the show features Frankie Grande as Victor Garber, which I still think is amazing. Um, Kathy Deitch is currently playing Unsinkable Molly Brown, but she's going to be replaced by Desiree Rodriguez on next Tuesday. Um, the... Original cast member John Riddle, who I talked about or talked to about both Titanic and Phantom of the Opera, who is currently in Phantom of the Opera, will be returning mm-hmm. to the show on the 25th of October. So he'll be making the, the trek along with it. So just one of those shows that is so much fun. You don't have to be a Celine Dion or Titanic yeah. fan to love it. It was one of the most enjoyable things I've seen in a long time. That's very you know, extremely good to hear both the fact that they're getting this transfer to a bigger theater and that it's a great show. Cause have you not I seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I had no oh. idea what to make of it when it was announced. And then I've only heard good things from it, including from you. So, yeah, now, uh, bigger, better chance. Bigger, better boat, as they said in their announcement. Ava Price, who's one of the uh, producers on the show, she called it the show of dreams, which is a nice, nice riff yeah. on uh, Titanic being the ship of dreams. Mm-hmm. So very fun. Very excited for everybody involved with that show to be able uh, to continue doing this uh, really, really fun and stupid and bonkers and silly <laughs> performance. So I'm on it this time. Yeah. A show that I have a feeling will not be either strange or maybe a little strange, but not silly or bonkers. Um, There is a new musical adaptation in the works for Madeline Madeline Lingle's iconic, I think, fantasy Mm sci-fi young adult Mm -hmm. novel, A Wrinkle in Time. And what's great about it is the entire creative team, or at least the creative team as we know it now, is made up of women. And this show obviously follows a 
young girl who kind of travels through space and time to reunite with her father. It will feature music and lyrics by Obie Award winning composer Heather Christian of Oratorio for Living Things fame. Yes. A book by the great playwright Lauren Yee, most recently of like Cambodian rock band and other mm-hmm. music related things. And it'll be directed by two time Obie Award winner Lee Sunday Evans, uh, who I'm, I'm sure Lee has done musicals before, but like even like Dance Nation, which was a show that had a lot of, I mean, Ugh. dance in it. Um, it she obviously knows how to work with that. And I believe Raja Feather Kelly choreographed that as well. So maybe mm-hmm. he will come in and, and do some choreography on this. But, um, whether you know the book for know the title from like the original book or, um, uh, the, oh gosh, uh, who was in the movie? Um, well, Oprah was in the movie. Yeah, uh, directed and I, by Ava DuVernay. That Ava DuVernay directed it, and I think Mindy Kaling was in it, and Rose uh, Reese Witherspoon yeah. was in it as well. Chris Pine maybe that was the seems dad. Seems right. It I was think so. one of the Chris's. It was one of the Chris's, but it's um uh a great story and lovely uh lovely to see that this is going to be brought to the stage i think this is you know so often we talk about things that make the transition and you're like oh this is going to be such a weird like adaptation like this one feels like if you get the right team you could maybe potentially capture the magic that that book has yeah you would think so and this seems like it would be the right team i mean all exceptional parts and hopefully they come together for a great collaboration spoken so much about my love for oratorio so anything mm, that heather don't rub it in. well i know i'm sorry anything that heather wants to pen at this point i'm there for even though i don't i've never had an attachment to a wrinkle in time um it was never anything that i gravitated towards or really even got to and i know the movie was wasn't a massive success, no. had a lot of complaints and was actually one of the biggest box office failures of all time, unfortunately, based on its budget. So, I mean, hopefully that this ends up being an adaptation that people who really, really love it and have gravitated towards it actually deserve. Yeah, we will certainly see. Uh, all right. Something else that we will be seeing much sooner than that will be on Saturday night as Broadway will dim its lights in honor of the late great Dame Angela Lansbury. All of New York's theaters or Broadway theaters will turn off their lights at 7.45 p.m. for one minute in honor of her on Wednesday night. West End theaters did the same thing. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I... I feel like doing it on weekends is fairly rare, isn't it? Um, I think so, honestly, but I can't remember the last death that fell on a weekend where the lights actually went off. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like it, they normally do it on weekdays, but I mean, if anyone's going to do it on a weekend where there's more people around, uh, I would want it to be exactly. Angela Lansbury. Exactly. I was actually really surprised at how quick this turnaround to <laughs> Yeah. Based on uh previous fairly recent deaths. They were they were actually on it. So yay. Yeah, well good, done. Well good, done. Good for the uh it's not the Broadway League, it's the the committee of theater owners, which mm-hmm. is they're all Broadway League members, but yeah. either way. Yeah. Speaking of Lansbury, I alluded to this when we were talking about her death because I was reading through her like wikipedia and finding stuff Mm -hmm. that i i just assumed i missed this but apparently it wasn't announced that she appears as herself in the new glass onion a knives out mystery that'll be coming out 
first in theaters in November and then on Christmas on Netflix. But we found out more about it thanks to People Magazine. She appears in a brief cameo that kind of nods to her as Jessica Fletcher in Murder, She Wrote. But she's not alone. It is a scene over a Zoom call with Daniel Craig's detective character, Benoit mm-hmm. Blanc. And in addition to Angela Lansbury, who else happens to be in that scene? Stephen Joshua Sondheim. The late, great Stephen Joshua Sondheim, which is just See? like, Yeah. This how? is the thing. I already knew this, but because they're, they're playing a video game um, in a Zoom call, as far as I remember. Because I think it was at one of the conventions or one of the film festivals that Ryan Johnson was talking yeah, about. Yeah, they've, they've already debuted the film. So, like, people have seen it. it at and TIFF. they've already talked about that this was happening. And he okay, was I missed super, that. he was, you know, obviously delighted to get Stephen, you know, before his death, obviously. Um, I don't remember if he mentioned. Angela during that conversation, but yeah. I feel like I already knew before her death that she was going to be in it as well. It makes sense because of the nature of the film, obviously. So, what a what a, a an emotional scene that will be. I don't care how short it is or how <laughs> yeah how anything it is. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy it. Well, yeah, of course. And yeah. what's what's great about those movies or and we've only seen one but it, you know kind of going off mm-hmm. of those like it obviously plays into the murder mystery aspect of of uh, murder she wrote so that obviously plays in there mm-hmm. but like Steve, we know how much he loved mysteries. I mean, he wrote a loved mysteries, and he yeah. loved games. He loved video yes. games. He wanted to into write, the woods. He wanted to write games after Merrily felt uh, failed. So yeah. yeah, works out. Yeah, and there are definitely some Broadway folks in this uh, this movie as well. In addition to Daniel Craig, of course, Leslie Odom Jr. is in it. Catherine Hahn is in it. Um, yeah, and you know, just. Just, I can't wait. I was Glorious. already excited, Glorious. but even more so now. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that I'm very excited to be seeing in movie theaters and then on Netflix a month or so later, uh, they released the trailer for the latest trailer. I think there was a teaser. Now there's a trailer for yeah. Matilda the Musical. It features heavily on Emma Thompson as Miss Trunchbull. And I got to tell you, this is an absolute delight. Like, I got choked up, shocking, uh, watching it because it's just like, this is the show. Like, they're doing yeah. it's they're doing the choreography they're doing the music they're doing the songs and while you know it's not necessarily the most singing and dancing trailer because most movie musicals aren't there is definitely singing right. and dancing in this trailer so it's not like they're trying to hide it like they did with yeah. the end of the woods movie <laughs> yeah like this is not a surprise like wow this is a musical i didn't realize yeah. that which is an absolute failure of advertising when that happens so i'm yeah. glad that was not the Screw case you, here Screw you, Disney. Yeah. Evergreen but, comment. Uh, well, except <laughs> on my uh, recommendations here in a second, because uh, we're going to get okay. back to Disney in a second. Sure. But it just looks great. I- I'm really excited to see this. It's gonna, going to be released first in the UK on um, November 25th, and then uh, here in the US uh, shortly thereafter. And then it will come uh, actually on Christmas Day. I think Glass Onion is actually December 23rd on Netflix, but actually on Netflix, uh, it'll be Raw Dolls, Matilda the Musical. Nice on, one-two uh, punch. 
Yeah, absolutely great. So exciting. It's so rare that a stage to screen adaptation is actually excellent and seems well, like this one is. Well, and especially, it, it, I think it certainly helps that they retained the stage yep. director. I mean, yep, Matthew yep, yep. Borchus is directing yep. the film and, and he has it. Yeah, and the choreographer is the same and obviously Tim Minchin is involved. So, I think that that goes a long way. And Matthew Warchus has worked on both stage and screen. So it, it mm-hmm. makes sense that he would be a candidate to do that. But it's still rare that even if you've got someone like, I don't know, Rob Marshall or Sam Mendez, Susan not that either Strummer. of them are doing a ton of, of, uh, stage work these days but like it's still rare when you see somebody have the opportunity to do both so that obviously i'm sure has a lot to do with mm-hmm. why the dna of the musical that we all love or at least most of us love uh yeah. is still there in the and film if you don't version. you're wrong correct so, yeah that is correct that you are wrong yeah <laughs> uh all right so my recommendations here we are going to turn to disney and something that is near and dear to my heart Screw and you, that disney. is the marvel cinematic universe oh there you go there were Two things released over the past uh, week, actually, past six days as we're recording this. I'm not going to spoil anything except for some casting. So if you don't want to hear some things about Werewolf by Night or the She-Hulk finale... Oh, I gotta go then. Sorry. Well, that's your fault. You can mute yourself and then mute it while you edit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But both of them are great. I got up at 6.30 this morning before I started to work so I could watch the She-Hulk finale so I wouldn't get anything spoiled. It is fantastic. Werewolf by Night, which is a an hour-long uh, special presentation that harkens back to the monster movies of old, the old Universal movies. They're both fantastic. But what I want to talk about more than anything else is how many Broadway people are showing up in these things. Not only um, was Laura Donnelly one of the leads in Werewolf by Night, the villain in Werewolf by Night was Harriet Harris. And it's just like, how does it get much better than that to see her playing a villain? Um, absolutely love the fact that she showed up. Daniel J. Watts of Hamilton and then Tina the Tina Turner musical fame also shows up in there as well. Gael Garcia Bernal is the lead. He plays Jack Russell um, slash werewolf by night. I don't think he's done any theater, but he seems like he feels, he feels like a theater guy. Nonetheless. He should. Yeah, he should. So that was really great. And then over on She-Hulk throughout the whole season, of course, Tatiana Maslany, who's been on Broadway and off Broadway in things is the lead. She plays the titular She-Hulk. Also in the cast are Mark Ruffalo as her cousin, Bruce Banner. He's always played Hulk, but also Joshua Sagara, who appeared on Broadway in the original cast of uh, On Your Feet as Emilio Estefan. He is one of She-Hulk's co-workers at the law firm. Another one of her co-workers, the Tony Award winner, Renee Elise Goldsberry. And then the guy playing her dad, as I talked about before, is Mark Lynn Baker coming back to Broadway here very soon in Music Man. Um, Griffin Matthews, who is a stage and screen performer, but also the co-writer of uh, Witness Uganda is in there as well. And spoiler alert for the last few episodes. Are you, are you, are you have your ears plugged, Ashley? Yeah, I do. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry. I heard that though. <laughs> Charlie Cox reprises his role as Daredevil. So, oh my God. So lots of great um, Broadway folks uh, have appeared in these things. I love the fact that we are getting to the Broadway overlap with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It makes me very, very happy. So 
Love it. Love it. Love it. Love I'm, it. I'm happy for you and your, you know, order Venn of diagrams, one yeah. Venn diagram. Yeah. No, there's more than that. Like literally while yeah. I was watching Werewolf by Night on Friday, last Friday, I was texting with Jen McHugh and I, after every episode, I, uh, tech of She-Hulk. I text with my friend, uh, Annie Dolman, who is a listener of, of Broadway radio as well. So the, you can, you can do both. You can What's definitely do both. What's surprising here as someone who always says he has no friends is that you have friends is yes. the Guess real what? surprising thing here. Both of them live in LA. So like, um. it's difficult for me to like really claim them <laughs> as friends, friends, since they live uh-huh. an entire continent away. Also, I, I will throw out, this is a little different, but the uh. woman, the woman who plays She-Hulk's mother is Tess Malice Kincaid, who is an actor in, uh, in Atlanta, who I saw do multiple theater projects when I lived in Atlanta. She's great there as you well. Go. Yeah. Another addition to the, another circle added to the Venn diagram. It's there you the, go. The three overlapping one now. Yep. If, if any of them went to Ohio it. State, it would be, uh, oh, it would be just God. about perfect. There it is. Yeah. The pinpoint on the map. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMet. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to, fi- uh, to check out all of our special episodes and this week on Broadway on Sunday. And we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. Monday.